You are listening to the In Perspective Weekly Podcast with Bob Branco and Peter O'Toole. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco for episode 261. Before we continue, allow me to introduce our co-host and good friend, Peter Alchul. Peter, how are you? Doing fine, getting ready to move, and uh, the weather's supposed to be 100 degrees the day I move, so uh, uh, I'm not looking forward to that, but otherwise we're doing fine. Now, is this 100-degree weather going to follow you, or are you going to leave it behind? No, it's, it's, I'm moving across the street, basically, and the weather's going to be here as it is there. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, thank you for joining us again, and let me thank everybody else who make it possible for In Perspective to be available to the general public. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Thank you for what you do. Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line. Thank you for posting our shows. Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions. You archive our programs on my website, www.brancoevents.com. And also to our media outlets who air us on a regular basis. And as far as that goes, if you are listening on one of those media outlets, I'm going to give out my email address. My Gmail is currently down. So I'm going to give you my Verizon email address if you want to send in your comments about our show. And we will say hi to you on our next episode of In Perspective. So my email address is branco182 at verizon.net. That's branco182 at verizon.net. And on that note, let me say hi to a listener, Marta Bartell from Austin, Texas. Hello to you. Back for a second appearance on In Perspective. This is a lady who we had on the program back around 2017 when Al Hensel was our co-host. We're talking about Renee Rentmeister. Renee is the producer of a television program called Cooking Without Looking. And I think based on the title, I think we all know what that means. She... (laughs) She allows demonstrations of how blind people can cook. And we all know that there are a lot of blind cooks out there. I published a book called What We Love to Eat. And every recipe in that book was submitted by a blind person. So we know that blind people can cook. And Renee enforces that belief. Renee, how are you? Welcome back to In Perspective. I'm great. You know, thank you so much for having me. Um, I can't believe it was five years ago. It seems like it was just kind of like yesterday. In fact, when you asked me, I thought, oh, he's asking me again. I was just on. (laughs) But thank you for having me again. So tell us a little bit about your TV show. How did it get started? And what does it consist of, basically, in specifics? Uh, Well, um, my background is television. I worked for CBS uh, for 13 years, and um, I've been in TV one way or the other for 45 years. And uh, what happened was um, I left TV and I started my own advertising PR business. But I had always been on a lot of um, uh, a lot of boards, and so I wanted to have a nonprofit of my own um, so that you know, something to spread a legacy. Anyway, I thought about something that would affect anyone, no matter uh, your uh, 
gender or race or religion or how much money you had and and blindness came up and I was going to do a blindness uh something with blindness and babies but thankfully you know in the United States there aren't a lot of babies who are born blind so um I I went and I, I went online and I found like a lot of um email lists with that were featuring blind people and blind people that cooked and so I had never met a blind person. So I used those uh, to meet lots of blind people and to understand. Um, after that, <laughs> um, I went and I found uh, a couple of people. I, I continued to talk to people. I found a professor who was blind who taught at FIU. And uh, then I found another organization um, a company that many of you guys know about is Patriot. Um, it's it's for like a lot of magnifiers and things like that. And um, they sponsored our first shows. We we found sponsors, and then we got on to WXEL, which is P PBS in South Florida, and we were airing there. And um, so basically what it is are we, we take any regular everyday person who's blind or visually impaired who wants to be on the show and they give us tips and they cook for us. In fact, right before I got here, we, we shot a show with one of the young women who had been on. She was nine. She's totally blind. She was a nine the first time she was on our show. And today she's like a 26 or so. And uh, she, she um, anyway, she made cookies today. Her name is Winona Brackett and she's totally blind. 13% um, charged, 13% charged. Hold, hold, hold on, please. Can somebody please shut that PM. off? It's interfering with the program. Uh, anyway, so so that was, that was it. And um, we have a podcast now, as you well know. And Bob, you've been on my podcast, so... We, you're invited back too. And we, uh, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very we, much. I remember that day. Yeah, yeah. And and basically, um, we the podcast between the podcast and now since the pandemic, we've been doing it like this. We have our YouTube channel, and we have our shows. We we tape every um, second of Friday of the month. Um, we've had sponsors like the Florida Division of Blind Services. We've reached 38 countries. I actually jot them down every time I see them because they give us which country we've reached. So it's it's been really, really exciting. Um, it's been a new way to do TV and um, without a huge budget. And we're educating people. So we like to say we're changing the way we see blindness. So... Talk to us about uh, what a, a quote-unquote typical show feels like. Well, um, we usually have two people who are cook, who like to cook. Um, uh, they're blind or visually impaired. Um, and they come to the show. And sometimes we have a theme. Like we had uh, some people from South Africa, Cape Town, uh, Society for the Blind, and they actually did their own little taping. It was pretty cool. They did a great job. So um, we have two people who come on and they cook, they give tips. 
Um, we're not about rules. A lot of people like, you know, all the rules. Oh, you should do this. You shouldn't do that when you're cooking, when you're blind, do this and that. Pretty much everybody has their own rules. And what's ever right for you is right for you. And what's right for someone else is right for someone else. And they come out and cook. So we've got two segments of cooking. The third segment is food for thought. And we have someone um, who works within the blindness community, um, doctor, uh, teacher, anyone, uh, any organization can come on at the very end and talk about their organization freely. What is food for thought? Food for thought is um, pretty much when people come on to the um, third segment who work in the blindness community, like doctors, um, organizations. We've had um, American Council for the Blind, the executive director and his wife. Um, Spooner? Spoon? Daniel Spoon? No, no. Um, the executive director for the American Council oh, of the Blind, yeah, um, yeah. Eric Bridges. Eric Bridges. Oh, I know who Eric that Rebecca. is. Yes. Yes, yes. So um, we've had all sorts of different people, and they come on and they feature their organization, and, and we do that free. You know, we're not charging them for that. Um, the Division of Florida Division of Blind Services, they did sponsor a, a show and some podcasts last month. So um, we, we just work and we we shine the light on what everyone is doing, because if we stay in this little hovel, if we stay in this little group and of, of people who are blind or visually impaired and we don't um, showcase what we're doing, nobody knows who we are, what we're doing. And it takes away from um, our ability to get employment and and. TV always, if, if that shines a light on everyone and that's how people learn in mass. And, and that's, that's why we say we're changing the way we see blindness. You certainly are. And you should be commended for that. I think that many people in this country don't know enough about blindness and how blind people handle that disability. And you certainly do your part to make sure that everybody knows many things that we can do uh, independently, you know, including cooking, obviously. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Bob. And, and you're doing your part too. Um, everybody here, you know, we're, I always consider that we're all on the same team. We just have little different jerseys. Where are you shown Renee? Um, anywhere, um, <laughs> anywhere you can get, uh, we're on, uh, we have our YouTube channel. Right now, we're trying really hard to get onto like one of the streaming services. I've I've put out lots of feelers. I've even put out feelers to um, like Rachel Ray and things like that because sometimes if you get picked up, um, you know they like sometimes like to have a famous person who they consider executive producer. I mean that's my title, but I don't care. I'll I'll give it to someone if if they can get us on one of the streaming services and Rachel Ray's mom, yes. who was, I think like 87 or 88 actually has macular degeneration is going blind. I've tried her. I've, I've tried um, Netflix. That's what we're working towards um, the Disney channel, trying them. So we're just trying everywhere just to get it on the wide basis. But we're seeing, like I said, we've been seeing like in 38 countries around the world because they give us the, you know, they tell us who's watching us. 
Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel. It's Cooking Without Looking YouTube channel. And you can see all the different shows and all the different countries that we feature. We featured blind people in, in that I lost count. I think we're probably like um, six or seven countries. And we've got St. Vincent's Island coming up in August. This may sound like a silly question. Forgive me for asking. No, it. It no, sounds no silly. silly questions. Okay. If you are on YouTube, how come there's a limit to how many countries you're shown in? There's not a limit. Said 38. That's that's how many that I've seen that they give us a list of countries where someone has actually watched us. And and um, those are the countries. There's no limit. It's just that those happen to be the countries that have the ones um, you're aware of. There are others, but you haven't heard any reports from people listening yet. Right. Is that what happened? Um, well, yeah, they give us a, like a readout of what countries watch us each, each day, each week. And so, um, yeah, we haven't heard from any other countries, but we're up to 38 so far. So um, that's pretty good because we don't have a budget to travel to 38 countries. Well, that's the magic <laughs> of YouTube. Yeah, exactly. And Zoom and all these other remote vehicles that we thank use now. god right thank god I, there was a point in time where i was sitting around figuring out how i was going to get enough sponsors to fly us to south africa and you know we'd still love to like do in-person things but now you know we're making our um we're making our uh, we're making people aware of us without like huge budgets and then they know we're here and we're here for everyone well, the last time you were on our show, which, by the way, was in 2018, I uh -huh. remember you. I remember you telling us at the time that you were about to take a trip to South Africa. Could you describe uh -huh. that trip for us and what did you accomplish? Well, we we didn't do it because there was that um, nifty pandemic that came upon us. Well, this was um, in 18, though, wasn't it? In 18, yeah, we yeah. Go? I I don't know when we were there. I went, but we didn't go there. We never ended up going there. But what we did do was we have the show, and you guys can see it on YouTube from the Cape Town Society for the Blind, and and they did the show with us on YouTube. So uh, describe or uh, talk to us uh, about. Uh, some of the more unusual recipes that you uh, uh, you you encountered while doing the show. Oh, okay. Well, definitely the ones from South Africa. But uh, when it comes down to it, it's it's um, not all that unusual. They use a lot of vegetables and rice. Um, we had some from Barb Barbados, and they had like a fish and rice and. Uh, a couple of things that at this point I'm not remembering the name of. Um, they had different kinds of vegetables that we don't really have around here, and um, not not here in the United States, but some some in Miami where they'll have them, you know, because they've got more of a tropical feel down there. Um, just the um, let's see, really unusual ones. Basically, they're the ones from the other countries. We've got uh, some from Guyana, and um, they usually had, I think they had some fish. They had some fish there. And um, let's see, what else am I thinking of? 
Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because they're not like really unusual. Like they're not weird foods. Like you're not eating a lizard tongue or something like that. But they're they're just different. They're not American foods. They're foods that you can find in America and you can make them up. Um, we had jerk chicken from Jamaica, which was good. Um, oh, let's see what else. We had uh, chicken curry. Um, just, just lots and lots of them. So your shows uh, are, they're, how does that work? Uh, you, they describe what they're doing. Do they cook the meal in front of you, so to speak? How, yeah. How, yes. How does that they work? Cook, they, they cook and they describe. As a matter of fact, what happened today was, um, Winona was, um, making her chocolate chip cookies. And uh, what she does is she had all of her ingredients separated and she described that she was going along like a play by play of everything she was doing and how she was doing it. And, um, you know, uh, she had a couple of special tips, uh, she cracking eggs for her, she said was something hard to learn, but she learned to sort of like stand at a right angle. She's totally blind. She, she had a stand, excuse me, at a certain angle and a certain distance. And then she was able to crack the egg because I watched her crack the egg and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. I don't crack eggs like that. I'm looking for shells. You know, I've got pieces over here. I've got egg yolk over here. And she just, it was clean. It was just boom, boom. It was done. It was, it was amazing. So yeah, she, they basically describe what they're doing at the time. Um, you know, then they do it as, as they do it. And then at the end, they have the finished product, which they show, which is pretty much like any other um, cooking show. You know, you have that finished product after you show how to make them. And then who gets to eat them? Oh, well, that's the problem with Zoom. You know, she, <laughs> she, she got to eat her cookies. When we were in the studio, you know, everybody got to try it, which was a lot of fun because we always had a live studio audience. So, um, uh, you know, that's, that's it. You get to eat your own food, which she was doing. It was, it was difficult to watch because they were chocolate chip cookies and they looked so good. I'll take some. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, seriously. They were, they were, and they were beautiful too. Just gorgeous chocolate chip cookies. So Renee, I, I, I I'm curious. I know you said you worked a, a while ago. Uh, I think you said at CBS television doing documentaries and you, um, you well, I did one, one documentary. Um, I, I, for the most part at CBS, I worked in news, um, as an assignment editor and a producer, associate producer. And um, I did one documentary on youth gangs. I hung out with youth gangs in the middle of the night. And I did. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Um, and I worked in the promotion department, also um, writing advertising copy and creating ads and promos and uh, PSAs, public so, service announcements. So, so what year was this approximately? Or what years were these that you were doing this work? It was it was for 13 years. So let's see. I think it was um, I left in 1996 
So 13 years back from that. So you're working in the 80s and 90s. Um, yes, right out of college. Okay. And I started, I actually started in TV in high school in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm from Green Bay. And I got to go to high school half day and then go to my um, uh, internship at a TV station W. L-U-K in Green Bay. Did you know Walter Cronkite? <laughs> no, no. He had died before, I think. Um, but I did get a chance to meet um, Dan Rather. He's a Dan tough man. I thought Cronkite retired in the 80s. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he retired. I, I don't know. I, I just never met him. No. So was, what was that? So I'm, I'm curious. You were working in the 80s and 90s. And back then, uh, let's just say women weren't uh, uh, overrepresented in, in the business. There weren't quite as no, many women there. You know, there were lots of us. I think maybe in the 60s or something it wasn't. I, oh, there were a lot of us. There were a lot of women. We were doing all sorts of things. Um, uh, production and all. Well, Connie Chung okay. was around back in the oh, day. Oh, ab ab absolutely, yep. Yeah, and, and behind the scenes, there were a lot of women. I mean, like, our department was more women than men. And, so, and in news, I'm sorry, Peter. What? No, no, keep, keep going. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really, um, there were, there were lots of women. It wasn't real weird back then. Um, like, 96, there were women who were bosses. There were women who were managers. Um uh, he, women producers, women in news, women in sports. I, I think um, we were the ones that probably tipped the scale. We were the ones who took over from the women in the 60s and 70s who sort of blazed a trail for us. So uh, when you retired and took on this new gig, uh, how, how, how did things, how did you use your skills differently? Um, how did you, how are they the same? How have you, how have you sort of evolved as a producer, if you will? Okay. Well, um, as an executive producer, you're in charge of everything. You're getting the money. You're finding the money to do things. You're finding the people to do things. You're writing the script. You, um, you're doing interviews too, in, in some cases. So, um, I've, I guess I've evolved, Let's see. Um, my writing's gotten um, better. I'm more relaxed writing. Um, when you're writing in a newsroom, that is just, <laughs> that's like trying to bobble a ball in a, in a traffic jam. It's just, yep. it's like, <laughs> I, I'm a person who likes quiet to write, and that, that was no place. Also, <laughs> um, I'm, let's see, how, how have I evolved? That's a great question. I've never been asked that. I, I think might be in the writing and the relaxation and learning technology. I, I constantly am learning new things about technology as you just noticed today. Um, <laughs> and I've become more relaxed learning technology and not like freaking out as much if something doesn't work as well. And my um, in at my desk at CBS, I had a little sign that said, um, "It's only TV. No one's going to die today." 
So, you know, it put things into perspective, but I guess I've become more relaxed with the whole thing. And I am featuring a group of people that maybe hasn't been featured before. So I'm actually, um, my empathy and I, I take on a little bit of the, how should I say it? I, I take on the fight if there's a fight to be had, sort of, kind of, um, on behalf of, of people who are blind, even though I am not, I'm, I have the feelings of like, well, you know, this isn't right or this should be different kind of thing. The people that you deal with, Renee, such as the ones you briefly described earlier, the the representatives from supporting agencies or the or the professionals, mm-hmm. what are their normal reactions to the fine work that the blind people do on your show? Most often they're surprised. <laughs> they're surprised. And um, I'll ask them, I have a weird sense of humor. I'll ask them, like, why are you surprised? People have to eat, and whether you're blind or not. <laughs> and so if you know how to cook, it's even better. Um, they're, I don't want to say amazed, I, maybe enamored a little bit. Like, And they're, wow, this is really interesting. In fact, um, when we were on WXEL, there was some research done, and the, all the demographics were covered watching the show. All of them from like about nine to 88 were covered uh, because it's, it's just something that people are um, interested in. It's, it's not something you see every day. So what does that tell you? You, 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 you? you host these two folks who cook recipes and do all this work and explain how they do it as they do it. And then you bring on somebody this food for thought section who seems surprised about that. We blind people can do such things. What is that? What does well, that say? What does that say to you? Well, okay. I, I was talking mainly about the sponsors. Sometimes the people on the end, I think sometimes people just get stuck in a way of thinking, you know, That's what I've often thought, that sometimes people get stuck in a 1950s way of thinking about people who are blind. And even though they work with people who are blind in some way, sometimes they they still hold them in a a little different, uh, they hold space for them in a little different way. As, as if they're, they're not convinced that we, you know, we blind people can do certain things as well as we do them, right? Well, how should I say it? It's it's almost like um, they don't necessarily want to give credit in, in some way. Sometimes, most often, most of the people are really cool with it. Some people just don't want to give credit. They'll say, oh, you know, that person has studied this or this or that, you know. It doesn't really matter. You're a home cook. You're a home chef, whatever you like to be called. Um, I found that with a lot of things in life, not just people who are blind. People like to keep you in a certain space because that's where they're comfortable with you. And if you move beyond that space, they become a little uncomfortable with you. 
and they don't know how to react to you because they reacted to you in a certain way. It's like, you know, like even if you if say you were a secretary at one point in your life, but then you moved way beyond that. The people who knew you as a secretary still see you as that. And they don't really give you the credit for anything you've done beyond that because they're not comfortable with that. Well, this gets yes, this gets into a this gets into a whole discussion about Vogue Rehab, which I won't really address much on this program, because a lot of of the consensus out there is that Vogue Rehab already has their own list of what they think blind people ought to do for employment. Even yes. though many even though many blind people think outside the box and do things very successfully. Yes, anyway. it frustrates me. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you can go to like a um a lighthouse or something. Certain ones keep you like you're doing art projects. I mean, I totally love art. I love to paint. I love to do things. But it it doesn't seem like it's viable in today's market. What do you mean it's not vi- oh, viable? D- being an artist in today's market? No, no. I mean, just doing craft work. There's oh, a- I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I totally love crafts, but but it just seems like a, for me personally, my heart, it feels demeaning to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. My wife loves it. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you can't, probably make money professionally uh you know uh as a potter or you know make you know, <laughs> play you know i mean uh, you know or, or doing uh you know arts and crafty kinds of things you know that's that's not the way you you know you, you can be a profession you know you do you're your teacher right, you're right lawyer right. or you're a customer service rep or you're i know uh, plenty of people who have you know who are totally blind i know one who's a lawyer in miami uh, all, all a psychiatrist, psychologist, all different things that are like, you know, um, very professional. But if you're taking people and they and you want them to only do certain things, like only work on computers or only answer the phones, that that bothers me. Sure. So what else? What else? Sort of, uh, you know, has been doing this work for what close to more than twenty years now. What what else have you learned? What surprised you? Surprised me. Um, well, you know, once you work news in Miami, you don't get surprised a whole lot. Oh, that's that's <laughs> true. Yeah, but 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 it's a different market, no. right? It's a different demographic. It's a different. You know, you're dealing with sort of general news stories to working with a with a specific group underrepresented of group. Yeah, yeah, and and you know uh, what I I don't know if I'd call it surprise, but um, I, I find that, you know, whether we're blind or sighted, we're, we all are human and we're all basically, basically the same, basically alike. We have all different challenges. I don't have the challenge of being blind, but I've got other challenges. Um, we all do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I guess I, I've never been surprised, but I guess I was uh, pleasantly it was pleasant to me to find out how how much we are alike, and also um, a lot of people strive so hard, so hard. I can't imagine striving as hard and being blind. Honestly, I think I'd be a pretty bad blind person. Um, but but I see people strive so hard, and it's like wow. You know, the human spirit, 
the human spirit is just amazing, isn't it? No matter what we're thrown, we can we can conquer it. We can get above it. When you say strive, what what does that mean? Um. Well, let's see. The Brianna. Um, um, I did a podcast with her a couple of days ago. She's a young woman. She's like 29 and she, she has like a couple of master's degrees and all this. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) And she's totally blind. And like, I, I don't think I'd have it in me even now as just as me now to, to just work that hard to accomplish something. She, it's like she was climbing the educational mountain and, you know, she she went into one job. She went as a teacher and then she she that didn't work out for her. So then she went to another job um, doing things. And now she's she's actually um, working with DBS, Division of Blind Services in Florida, um, to help other blind people get jobs. I just I just think that, you know, the lights go on on me and I freak out. So I, I just look at some people and go, wow, you have just worked so hard just to overcome what's been given. It's all about motivation, Renee. Some people have more motivation than other people. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about blindness or any other walk of life. I agree. I agree. You're listening to Oh, you're listening, ahead, Peter, we were gonna- <laughs> you're, listening to, you're listening to In Perspective. My name is Peter Altschul. Bob Branco is the is the is the real host. Uh, and I think it may be time to think about uh, throwing the program over for questions. So, Ray, could you do right. a little dance about uh, raising hands and nodding heads, please? Before you do that, Ray, I just want to let everybody know Peter's just as real as I am. Um, i got that feeling (laughs) go ahead ray so to un okay so for raising your hands it is alt y on pc uh option y on mac star nine on telephone and under the more tab for uh, uh smartphones and for muting and unmuting it is alt a on pc command shift a on mac uh star six on Telephone and lower left on smartphones. So do we have any people with raised hands, Ray? Uh, Anyone would like to raise your hand and ask Renee Rentmeister a question about her program? Phone number ending in 747. You are up first. 747. 747. Yes, this is Karen from Lemister. Um, yeah, Karen. I Karen? came in a little after. I came a little after the um, beginning of your presentation, Renee. Okay. And I'd like to know what you cook on TV, or do you give instructions or what? And I just want to comment that you know people who have lived with a blind person. I'm totally blind. Um, or people who if parents are accepting of them cooking. Uh, it becomes almost second nature. I do, I do a lot of cooking and everything, and I even well, write recipes. Well, we love to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, what type of things do you cook on um, your program? Well, it's it's whatever the person wants. So we have our two people come on, and they they cook something. They cook whatever they want. You know, 
I, I don't like doubles of anything. So if we've had it on before, but most often it's, it's whatever they like, whatever they uh, enjoy cooking. I'll say, you know, if you're making a Sunday dinner for someone. What do you, what would you like to do? What's your favorite recipe? Because we like to keep it so that people are very comfortable. Um, I, I don't cook on the show. I'm the executive producer and uh, I just have people who come in who are blind or visually impaired. We've got two hosts, two wonderful hosts who have been with me all this time. Alan Preston and Annette Watkins. They've been with me the full 21 years. And um, they, you know, we, we try and keep it so that people are comfortable and have a good time. That's the main thing. Just to have a good time cooking and showing us what you can do. So, Karen, did oh, okay. I hear say, Karen, I heard you say you uh, write a recipe column or something. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, yes. For a Consumer Vision magazine. And and so how does that work? Well, I I what I do is I choose recipes. Sometimes I ch- I'll choose one recipe or two that I've made successfully. And I write, I detail how a certain thing is made. You know, the... the um, the stirring time, if there's any, the cooking time, and I, I'm very detailed about it. I think and, um, and she writes a very good column for Consumer Vision. Those of you who subscribe to Consumer Vision have obviously read Karen's monthly columns. Well, I Karen, think- maybe we'd like to have you on the show, too. I think okay. that'd be a, I think that'd be a fabulous idea. I think the two of you should should connect. Most definitely. There you go, Karen. You'll be famous. Yeah, that's right. You'll be famous oh, in South geez. Africa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> be great. Okay. Thank, uh, thank you, Karen. Anybody uh, else, right? Anybody else, right? Yes. Um, phone number ending in 446. You are up next. 446. Anna? Anna? Hi. Yeah, Hannah with an H. Hannah. Um, first of all, thank you so much for a wonderful presentation. And the only question I had, and maybe I missed a few things, you mentioned that cooking without looking can be found on YouTube. I was just wondering, is, are there any other places it can be found? Well, we're trying to um, get it on a streaming service. Right now we were on PBS in South Florida, and um, we're trying to get it on a streaming service right now. So that's, that's my... Um, that's my work for now. Hannah, Hannah, where'd you say you were from? Oh, I live up near Rochester, New York. Oh, okay. All right. Well, welcome. Any other any other comments or questions, Hannah? Not right now. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Thank you very much for your contribution. Right. And welcome. I don't think I've heard your voice before. This is actually my second time. It's the first time I've ever said anything. Oh. Question. Okay. Well, I'm delighted you're here. Uh, Ray, anybody else? Um, we had someone, uh, Tucci. I apologize if I've mispronounced uh, your name. Anyways, it's uh, Touchner. Touchner. Oh, okay. Touchner. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. You are up next with your question. Okay, uh, I'm Leonard from uh, Virginia. Hey, Leonard. Hi. Hi, Holly. Leonard. Hi. Uh, Congratulations on what you're doing, by the way. Your book. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, his name is Merlin the Magic Turtle, by the way. Excellent. <laughs> But anyway, um, what is your question for Renee? Yeah, Renee, I was wondering whether you have any uh, 
uh, interesting stories, funny or some or any disasters or whatever <laughs> <laughs> that, that might that might have happened on oh, your God. <laughs> um, you know, we we have a couple of funny stories. Um, no disasters, thankfully. We haven't set anyone on fire. Recently. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, I, I try and keep that uh, to a minimum. Uh, <laughs> um, we did have uh, one fellow. He was like one of our first people. He uh, he has macular degeneration, and he went to put um, his he went to pick up a white towel, but it was really a bowl of whipped cream that he stuck his hand in, and um, I kept it in because. It was kind of funny. It was over at WXEL. And um, I, I kept it in because it was funny. He laughed. Everybody laughed. And it's also like really uh, very um, authentic. You know, we all do things. Even if you have sight, you do crazy things sometimes. You're, you're rushing about or do something. And that's what he did. Um, there was another man. He was funny. He um, he was just like a real down to earth guy, like eighty years old, and he was making um, meatballs. And he was making a stroganoff. I think it was like po' boys. He called it po' boys stroganoff. And he was checking to see if the noodles were done, and he stuck his hand in the boiling water. So everybody started screaming at me to to get him to stop. And I'm like, well, you know, this is the way he does it. But I didn't, I edited that part where he stuck his hand in the boiling water out. And because, you know, you don't want to put that on TV um, to spread that around. But um, he was just funny. He was just a real down to earth guy. Was he burned? No, no. He knew what he was doing. It wasn't boiling really heavy or anything. And he wasn't a little boy, but like people in the audience started freaking out. I'm, (laughs) I'm very much like, if this is what you do, this is what you do and you're comfortable with it. Fine. But you know, again, for safety reasons, I did not, I cut that little portion out. He's where he stuck his hand in the water because, you know, a kid could be watching and you don't want to give him the wrong idea. And stick his hand in the in the boiling water and the boiling water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't boiling really, really hard, but it was just enough. But you know, here he is, eighty some years old. He's probably been doing this all his life. His hands are probably a little calloused, <laughs> and uh, that's that's the way he tested his noodles. So okay, fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> Each his own, right? Right. I, I, as long as the noodles are good, right? And he's and he's okay. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Um, I'm not like real strict on people because a lot of the people, uh, I would probably say almost all of them, have been to some um, uh, school that taught them what to do. You know, like a a school for in in Florida, it's a school for the deaf and the blind in St. Augustine. But they've been through courses anyway for the blind. So, but we all like learn things, but then we also do them the way it's best for us. And, and I think that's the way we should do it. So thank you. Thank you, Leonard. And, and as a promotion, Leonard's going to be on our show, I think on October 7th, uh, talking about his magic turtle. Uh, name Merlin. Name Merlin. And so we look forward to that in October. Thanks for the plug. Yeah. Thank you, Leonard. Thank you. Anybody else, Ray? 
there are no other participants with their hands raised at this time. Okay, just let us know when that yeah. happens. Yeah, if we get hands, hands raised, we're happy to take more questions from the audience. Um, in the meantime, uh, Renee, you, you you said you're you know, you, you are uh, you know trying to reach out and and get more uh, uh, networks to to connect with. Um, do you have other future plans for the show? Oh well, we um, that's well, that's the biggest one right now. I take them one step at a time. Sure. Um, uh, you know, when all the stuff with the pandemic and all this, cause you, you don't know who's going to make you take a shot or do this or do this or whatever. When, when it's all fully open again, you know, we would like to travel to a lot of the people who we met in different countries in Barbados in Guyana in, um, uh, South Africa in in all those countries and, and view everyone in person. Um, you know, and talk to them and, and shoot them. Of course, that'll be when we've picked up after we've picked up a streaming service. So um, they'll they'll have the money to to pay for all the um, trips. Well, I hope you meet the uh, person who made that jerk chicken. It's one of my favorite Jamaican foods. Oh well, you know what? If you go to our um, if you go to the website www.cookingwithoutlookingtv.wordpress.com. You go to the blog, and that's where you find all the recipes. The recipe for that is there. It's really delicious. I made it for someone. Um, uh, they were having like a little get-together, and I actually cooked it for them. Now, these are all the recipes you've aired, correct? Yes, yes. And they're all by blind and visually impaired people. There's not a single one by anyone like me. So <laughs> can, you, can you give that website again a little more slowly, please? Sure, sure www.cookingwithoutlookingtv.wordpress.com. I am guessing that if you go to Google and, and type in cooking without looking. Oh, yeah, uh, we're there. You, you, you will show up. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're there. That strikes me as, as, a, as, a, as a good web, uh, URL, but it's hard to remember, at least to my uh, warped mind. You know what? It's hard to, for me to remember, too, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> So I, w- I would encourage folks interested in, in jerk chicken or whatever else is on that site to Google cooking without looking and I, you'll find it. I yeah. will also link it in the, um, for those that uh, get the podcast or use podcast apps and such, I will um, link, link the cooking in the dark um, website there. Cooking without looking. Cook, yeah, yeah, cooking without something else. That's I'm yeah, that's something else. I'm sorry. sorry. That's cooking another, out looking. Another, but he's a nice man. I, I've met him. We've talked like in the very beginning. We He interviewed me too. A long time ago. In the very beginning. So, um, you've, you've talked about uh, hosting lots of blind cooks and various degrees of of uh, whatever words, you know, interests and uh, cuisines and so on and so forth. Sure. Um, what, what do you, what do you wish that we, that those that, you know, that non-blind folks or as we, as I call them, the, uh, 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 oh, now drawn, uh, drawn like, yeah, the sighted folks, light dependent, light dependent was the word. Light dependent. Light, light I dependent. thought that was so funny. Not politically correct is that. I, I thought that was so funny. I've, yeah. I've heard that from, the first time I heard that, it was um, from uh, 
Oh man, he's he's the head of uh, NFB Mark. Mark Maurer, probably. No, no, no. Riccobono. 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 He he said that first. I just cracked up. I I love it. So, what do you wish the folks who are light dependent? Uh, would learn about us. You've talked about some of the stuff, but what do you, you know, are there other things that you wish that they would uh, learn about blind folks? Well, you know what? I just wished that I, it's like pretty much like what I said before. That's the biggest thing, just to see people who are blind as, as humans, other humans, other people don't, you know, don't focus, sorry, pun intended on, on the blindness because, you know what? That's like the least of a person, whether you can see, whether you can hear, whether you can walk or whatever, just to focus on that person as a person and uh, to give everybody a chance. Um, I, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, you know what? If you hire a person who's blind or visually impaired, you're probably going to get one of the best, most loyal people around because, you know, it's, people they realized that someone cared and that they they overrode whatever thoughts they might have had in the head about the old stereotypes of a person who's blind you know that's one thing that drives me crazy you know everything's so pc about everything you can't make jokes about anything anymore but people still make blind jokes people still make Stevie Wonder jokes. And that makes me angry and sad all at the same time because Stevie Wonder, another amazing person, not because he's blind, just because of everything he's accomplished. He's talented. Hugely talented. And and for people to use his name as a punchline just just really bothers me. Really bothers me. Well, you know, back in the day when I first joined one of the consumer groups, I won't mention which one, there was a big to-do about Mr. Magoo and how he portrays a blind person erroneously. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mr. Magoo is a character. He's not a real person. And you know, as a little girl, I never realized that he was supposed to be blind. I just thought he was some guy driving around crazy. I didn't, I, you know, it was a long time that it took for me to understand he was supposed to be blind. I never knew that. Not at all. I was maybe only a couple of years ago that I figured that out. He was supposed to be blind. I just thought it was something to be funny. Well, it's funny. It's funny that we're having this conversation because I, a while back I spoke with a, a, a rather famous blind writer who um, was growing up during Mr. Magoo's time on television. And they used nice. that, they used that name as a sort of, as a slight against him. My my point was not that um my point was that every all the different groups everyone gets so up in arms about, you know, making jokes about them, but people still make blind jokes and and no one seems to get like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe it's not nice. You know, that's that was my point. That was my point. No, fair fair enough. Fair enough. Um so uh, what are your plans for the, what are your, what do you anticipate your guests cooking in upcoming shows? Well, um, we have, I, I don't plan ahead a lot okay. uh, for the shows. Um, I know that in August we are having, we are having the people from St. Vincent's Island, which 
I don't know what they'll make, but we will see then. And um, on the 24th, on June 24th, we're having a group from Ohio. So that'll probably be a very traditional type of American type food. We've had them before. They're a lot of fun. They're nice. Uh, it's it's a group that actually um, is led by a pastor and his wife, and they they make sure that everyone goes out and they they do like fun things together to get people out of the house and uh, together. So um, uh, long and short, I don't exactly know, but we're looking forward to the St. Vincent's people too. That should be different. Whoever been a guest on? a syndicated program just because of what you do for the community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think over the years, it's been a lot like this, like dribs and drabs. And sometimes it's more like this year, it's been more than usual. Um, I have like any famous syndicated shows. Like, I'll throw one out there, just as an example. Oprah. No. No. When she was on. No. Or, or Helen. Uh, Ellen, or whatever Ellen. they call it. No. 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 Nothing like that, no. Nothing, no. Not, not yet, right, <laughs> Renee? <laughs> not, not yet, not yet. Not yet. I, I can't wait. I, you know, that's not the important part to me at all, actually. Um when people ask me, I always go on because it helps like, you know, you, Bob, or, or anyone who wants me to be on, I, I happily do it. But, uh, you know, that's not the important part to me. The important part is, is just, you know, making the change in the way uh, we all see blindness. Just, just see each other as a regular human. So I'm curious about, um, you know, we're, we're heading, heading toward the summer with barbecuing. And using grills and things. Have you done shows with oh, yeah. people doing that kind of stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when we were at, um, <laughs> people freak out over little things. Um, one of our people, one of our hosts, who has since passed. Celia, we have one minute, by the way. Celia Chacon. She she did a barbecue show, and Ralph Smith did a barbecue show for us last year in West Palm Beach. He did our bar. So yeah, we've had like two barbecue shows with people who are totally blind. Yeah. And I, and and they, that was well received. I assume the the food was good, delicious. Nah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's been yeah. he's been barbecuing most of his life. Well, excellent, excellent. Well, continued success with that, Renee. Because obviously, as I stated earlier, you're offering a very important public awareness, and that's what it's all about. I know that the people that you have on your program enjoy what they're doing, and they should because they're very experienced. But the public awareness goes along with that, and you are letting everybody know how probable or possible it is that blind people can cook. Well, so uh, we you, really Bob. appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. And I appreciate what you, you guys are doing too. You, you're out there all the time too. So, you know, I'm always cheering for you as well. And thank Peter, you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Renee, for joining us. And keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Take care, thank guys. Next week on In Perspective, we're going to tackle a very, very frustrating and very popular subject matter, children and social media, and the pros and cons as far as that issue is concerned. Maria Martin's going to be on our show. She's experienced this personally, so she's got a lot to say. She's been on our show before, too, just like Renee has. 
Ray, Peter, great job as always. Thank you both, and thank you to our participants. Go safe with God, and have yourself a very nice week. <laughs>